Today's episode comes to you from Keene, New Hampshire, where we meet with Kaisa Gerald of the Green Wagon Farm. Kaisa has been managing the farm since 2013, however, grew up on the farm, so she's been in ag since about the age of four. Green Wagon is a 20-acre vegetable farm in the Zone 5B, with fields in both Surrey and Keene. They sell most of their produce out of their farm stand, with some sales going to a local food co-op. Kaisa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So today we wanted to talk about cut flowers. It's something you're passionate about. So explain to me uh, what makes cut flowers part of a sustainable farm for you. Uh, Cut flowers are such a a nice thing to have at the farm. I mean, particularly at our stand, as you drive down the road, you just see this like massive color. Um, Right now it's behind the farm stand. Um, So it really draws people in. And I think there's definitely value in um, people buying cut flowers that were picked that day versus going to uh, a grocery store that is buying them in from Colombia and Peru and who knows where else. Um, and they just make the stand look beautiful too. Even if, uh, even if not every person uh, buys a bunch of flowers, um, they still just really brighten up the stand a lot. So marketing it really having flowers both in the field and uh, on your, on your display seems to really help draw people in, huh? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, uh, I think it's it's important to to uh, display your flowers in a nice way too. Um, you know, we we use lots of like, you know, mason jars, and uh, I have a bunch of uh, antique like sap buckets for displaying some of my taller flowers, and it just looks really nice. It looks um, appropriate <laughs> to a farm setting. Um, I think that helps helps drive sales too. Um, it's one of the higher price things at the, at the farm. Um, you know, it's, it's like a non-essential, but they make people happy. Do you find a lot of people purchase flowers or a lot of people like to look at the flowers? Both. (laughs) Um, this year in particular, I, I was worried with, uh, COVID that the sales of flowers would go down because they're like a non-essential, but, I was pleasantly surprised that I was wrong and they've actually gone up, I think, because, you know, maybe because we were cooped up for a few months and we want something to brighten our homes um, now that we're all uh, home a lot more. Um, But yeah, I mean, I have people buying two or three bunches at a time quite often, particularly on the weekends. I think people are giving them as gifts and things like that. Are you growing perennials, annuals or both? All annuals. Um, it would be nice to grow a few perennials someday, but I haven't. I haven't really gotten into that so much. Um, primarily, I grow uh, sunflowers, snapdragons, zinnias. Um, Lysianthus is one of my all-time favorite ones. I have a whole uh, high tunnel devoted to Lysianthus, and um, we also grow various uh, filler flowers like. Gomphrina, status, uh, verbena, started growing some asters, some other things this year. How does growing cut flowers pair well with a vegetable farm and a vegetable stand? I think it just sort of rounds out the whole 
um, going through a farm stand experience. I mean, you're, you're picking up everything fresh, uh, you know, you're planning your meals and then, I mean, this is just my theory. I mean, uh, I, cause I have flowers in just about every room of my house. Um, but if you're buying food for making a meal for somebody, of course you'd want a bouquet of flowers on the table too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, it just, it, they make people happy. It's, it's a nice thing. Are flowers an easy add on to the vegetable farm or, or does it, uh, take a special skill set to really embark in that endeavor? I, I think it takes a special skill set. Um, you know, it's, I don't think you can just throw together a bouquet of flowers. I think you need to know how to arrange them in a, in a aesthetically pleasing way. And I'm very particular about it too. <laughs> I'm very particular about what colors I grow and what varieties of things that I grow. And it's all I mean, it's it's a lot of trial and error too. <laughs> um, I've grown things over the years that just didn't do anything, <laughs> um, and then I've had other things that were super successful. So it definitely, I mean, I, I say that, and I also think, well, isn't that all farming <laughs> trial and error? <laughs> um, but flowers are a little a little bit more unique, just because you know you can you can pick uh, another crop. And, you know, just put it in its basket or box or bag or what have you and and then call it done. But with flowers, you cut them and then you need to arrange them somehow. And that definitely takes a different skill set, I think. Do you plant your annual flowers the same system in plastic culture and irrigation and all that as your vegetable crops? Or does it take a completely different system pretty much i mean we still use the water wheel for most of them um and then but you know the plastic culture the drip tape uh use of weed mat all of that's the same um the only difference on some of them are we do plant a lot of the flowers by hand in different uh sometimes different multiple successions sunflowers i do um Gosh, I think I did like eight, between eight and 10 plantings of those this year, all spaced out throughout the season. So I continuously have more blossoms um, and those are planted by hand. Um, and then also uh, our Lizianthus house. Um, so they're, they're undercover. Um, those are planted by hand too. They're all planted at once though. Are there any special tools you need for cut flower production? Well, you definitely need a pair of Falcos. Um, <laughs> uh, those are like an appendage for me. They're just like always in my back right pocket. Um, and quite often I even like sit in my car to go home and they're still in my back pocket. Um, so a good pair of clippers, Falcos I'm partial to. Um, a lot of buckets because you always, always need more buckets. They break, you lose them, They they get hijacked by the the field crew. Um, so make sure you have good buckets for certain crops. You do need some support mesh. So, uh, for example, in our Lizianthus house, um, we've got this, you know, netting for, um, support on the flowers because otherwise they would get to a certain height and they'd fall over and that would, uh, destroy your production. Um, or at least, you know, uh, flowers that are good for, Okay's. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it though. 
Yeah, let's dive just a bit deeper on some of that equipment. So the Felcos makes there's all different kinds of snips. Uh, what's your favorite type of snip? I use the number two model of Felcos. Uh, I couldn't tell you what the other kinds are, but those are the like the the shape and blade size is what's always worked for me. I remember <laughs> this was this was years ago, but I was living in. North Carolina for a short time. And my mom sent me a pair of Felcos in the mail. And I remember my, my roommates thinking that I was crazy for how excited I got about a (laughs) pair of like hand clippers. They're like, why are these (laughs) so special? But it's just, you know, my mom's always used them. And I, I, I think that was probably my first pair of, of my own. Um, so I was very excited. And uh, th- then the buckets, are you just using five gallon buckets or special flower buckets? Uh, so I use five gallon buckets for tall flowers like sunflowers, um, but I use mainly two and a half gallon buckets for the other the other things. And I think I even have some one gallon buckets for some of my shorter stemmed flowers. Um, and that matters just because you know, if you put some, a really short stem into a really tall bucket, it's either going to damage the blossom or it's just going to fall into the water and drown. (laughs) Um, So you got to make sure it's the right size bucket for the the stem. This is just like a tiny side note, but one thing I've um, figured out over the years is I, quite often as I'm arranging flowers, you always get like a few tiny side shoots that, you know, might fit into the the large size bouquet, but maybe, maybe it doesn't, maybe it's in the way. So I use a lot of those small side shoots that some people might throw away and I make like tiny bouquets too. And that just makes it so you're like using the entire stem, but just different utility. So you're making, you know, bouquets out of, uh, discards (laughs) essentially. It's, it's almost like, uh, like nose to tail. (laughs) You're not wasting anything. Um, so that's, that's kind of a, a fun thing. The other thing I would say too, along the same lines is, uh, on the Lysianthus, the first round of blossoms that I get off of Lysianthus are really short. Like they're, they're a, a blossom sort of closer to the ground and they bloom way before the rest of the stem. So what I've learned over the years is I actually take those off. Um, and then I sell like these tiny little bud bouquets um, at the stand and they're, they're just a really easy money maker um, because I only charge like three or four dollars for, a, for a, a bunch of these. And otherwise it would just be waste. It would be like something I'd cut off and toss on the ground um, if it was like a crop out in the field. Um, but instead I sell them. So it, nothing goes to waste. And that's something that's that comes early in the season, so the customers are just excited to see some something of color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, plus, Lysianthus lasts so long in a vase; it's just it's there's a lot of value to that as well. Um, I've had Lysianthus last in a vase for up to two weeks, sometimes longer. Wow. Yeah. Not a lot of flowers do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> are flowers a significant uh, proportion of your farm stand business or 
Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's it's significant. If I stop growing cut flowers tomorrow, um, I would have a lot of upset customers for sure. Um, Percentage wise, I'm not really sure where they factor in, but uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that again, it just makes the stand look really nice, and it's it's an essential crop, I believe. Maybe maybe not one of our largest ones, but it's it's definitely an essential piece of the puzzle, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I grow a lot of sunflowers, um, and one thing I have had a lot of this year is. I grow like the single cut sunflower. So you get like one good stem and that's usually it. Um, This year, for whatever reason, I have had so many side shoots on sunflowers, um, even though they're like pro cut varieties. So you only usually get one, but there's one color in particular. uh, It's called pro cut white light and they're beautiful. They're like a this like really soft buttery yellow with like an orange center. They're really striking. The problem is that uh, they get very heavy. Um, So even if you cut them at an appropriate time, they droop really quickly. So I want to experiment with um, rather than getting that really tall stem for like a large bunch of sunflowers, I want to actually cut out that first bud in hopes of getting side shoots uh, because they seem to last a lot longer in a vase versus, um, you know, just falling over <laughs> like the heavy ones I, do. Um, try, to, try to get a couple smaller heads off. Yeah. Of yeah. Cause you get, you know, four or five good stems versus one not so great stem. And granted, this might be a better topic for like a video <laughs> because you can't like see it, but um, <laughs> it, there's just lots of little nuanced things like that that you've just I've learned over the years about flowers, you know, things that work, things that don't. That would be something uh, awesome to capture on video. This podcast project was supposed to include videos, uh, you know, showing off tools like the Felco and stuff like that, or or getting footage of your water wheel transplanter. But obviously, without uh, with restricted travel in 2020, that has put a damper on that part of this project. Well, so hopefully, we'll eventually rain that rain. will change. Yeah. <laughs> Come down, get some, get some shots of uh, these uh, farm saving tools in action. Yes, definitely. Well, thanks for talking about flowers a little bit here and um, how they make uh, your farm a better place. Yes. Thank you. Well, if others want to uh, see you or your farm and how should they how should they follow up and, and check you out? So we have a website uh, that's www.thegreenwagonfarm.com. We're on Instagram. Uh, that's at the Green Wagon Farm, and then we're also on Facebook as well. Just Green Wagon Farm. Make sure it's the one in Keene. Uh, so we're we're very social. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd just come down to the stand. Um, we're open seven days a week, at least until you know October or so. So come on down. There you go. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you learned something today or plan to make a change on your farm, let me know. I'd love to receive any feedback you have. Just click the link in the description to submit the form. It will help the future of this podcast to be a resource that is helpful for you. And while you're at it, I hope you go ahead and subscribe, share this with a friend, or leave a comment. 
And if you want more information, check out the show notes on our website at agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day. The proceeding has been a production of University of Vermont Extension. For more information on Extension, log on to www.uvm.edu slash extension.